All right, what's up, guys? Welcome back to another edition of the DNVR Rams podcast presented by Breckenridge Brewery. As always, I am Justin Michael. I am your host coming to you live late night with an emergency podcast with my main man, Andre Simone, Dr. Dre himself. Hopped on at a beats notice. Andre, how you doing, my man, other than, you know, being tired? No, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I'm watching some baseball, losing some money left and right. You know, I just uh, can't stay away from a juicy live bet on an underdog. So uh, that always gets me in trouble. But doing doing well, doing well, all considered. Um, absolutely. I'm glad to hear to, to be here, but I uh, wish the circumstances were a little different. Yeah, you know, we, we obviously have another podcast planned for this week, and I'm much more looking forward to that yes. one and the content that we're going to talk about. But just given that, you know, CSU Athletics now has, uh, well, at least eight positive confirmed tests within the program, eight within the f- football program, a potential of 17. Uh, if you look at the data from the athletics, I heard from the CDC site or whatever, I'm sorry, it's been a long day. But I just wanted to get somebody else on here and and be able to kind of get, you know, a different perspective other than my own. And honestly, this has all happened so fast. I'm, I feel like I'm still kind of formulating my own opinions on this, like in the moment. Yeah. So I just read your write up on it. Um, enjoyed that very much. Thought that was very thorough. If you guys are all trying to make sense of this, I highly suggest the read. So help us go through that. So there are eight confirmed cases and then the 17 is from another nine unconfirmed on campus, in the staff, in the athletic department. Those other nine unconfirmed were coming from... So if you look at the, the outbreak data from the state of Colorado, which was released on Wednesday, uh-huh. it has CSU Athletics listed on there with eight confirmed COVID-19 tests and another nine unconfirmed, which are just waiting... Uh, you know, confirmation back from the lab. So basically with with that number is, you know, we have 17, at least eight. We don't know, you know, we don't know what the numbers look like within the other sports at this point. We don't know if it's 17 all in football or if it's an issue with men's basketball and volleyball as well, which also recently returned to campus. But given that CSU is only shutting down football, it kind of seems like all 17 are probably within the football program. Yeah, that seems like some sound deductive reasoning there. Right. And then I, I, I like that you referenced back in the article, uh, Joe Parker talking about three cases back on July 20th. So nine days ago now. Yeah, it just kind of seems like things, you know, hit the fan pretty quickly. According to that, that data I'm referencing, the outbreak was officially... Uh, recognized on July 21st. So literally like one day later after Joe Parker talked to us, there was some type of outbreak that was, you know, reported within CSU athletics. And I, you know, we should, we should clarify that an outbreak means two or more positive tests within Uh a two week uh period of the same location. Just the term outbreak sounds really dramatic, but I mean, it is, it is kind of drastic at this point. Anytime you're looking at double digit numbers. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And so then, I mean, and it sounds like the, the testing has been pretty thorough going yeah, you on. Know, they're, they're, they're monitoring everything. You know, any, anybody that's showed symptoms, they're, they're testing them. And obviously, you know, the, the, the problem with this kind of stuff is you can be 
you know, relatively seeming fine for days at a time, sure. potentially right. even showing no symptoms at all. And then, you know, all it takes is one or two, and then you start testing more and more guys. And, you know, all of a sudden that they're going to test positive again. The, the thing that I'm kind of intri- intrigued by, at least moving forward is, you know, one, obviously is football going to be able to come back, but then, you know, you know, moving forward, what is this process going to look like for these athletes that have tested positive? Right. Right. Yeah. Because it's just a weird time, man. It's like, it's interesting. I'm so tired of just being like, well, I don't really know what's going to happen, but it it definitely does not seem good. And it's just another one of those nights, which is, which is disappointing. But you know, what's, what's your gut feeling right now? You know, what was your reaction when you saw this? Was it, you know, Oh shit, you know, this is the end of college football in Colorado. You know, was it, Obviously, there there is some logic in a sense that if you if you came back with college football without a bubble, there was always going to be positive tests. That just sounds like kind of a morbid way to look at things. Yeah, no, I suppose. I mean, I think there's so much to unfold here because the 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 football program had a really nice run there from early June when things were kind of open back up. Um, and, you know, that's right around the time where other college football pro- programs, the, the Clemsons, the Alabamas of the world, were really having, um, you know, ba- basically a, a, enough uh, positive cases to fill a starting team. Um, and CSU instead has had this run of almost two months um, going well. You know, you reference back to the data um, you know, from July 20th, where of 203 student athletes tested, only three came out positive. And none were um, football at that point. Right. Uh, I, I'd assume kind of the biggest group of the, the, the teams and athletes that were back on campus and working out and stuff. Um, so all that's really interesting. So then you wonder, did something change with the protocol? Um, you know what went down, and then I, I, I guess at first when I when I read the eight, I was more comforted than I am by the unconfirmed nine. And as you rightly point out, if things are being if the the football program's the only program being put on pause for the time being, and we we should reiterate that football had been back since June, and volleyball and uh, basketball were just starting to kind of phase back in i wonder did that have some impact and that's something that we can uh learn from here or is it just all within the football and it just kind of spread really quickly and maybe testing wasn't occurring as consistently or there's something about the facilities that can be tweaked because i think you know what's nice about csu is how well equipped they are for this stuff in the testing and everything else they've got going on. Um, so I think this could be really be a positive test case in kind of isolating things, figuring out how to, you know, contain things and how to improve protocols because you reference back Boise state, them dealing with this earlier on. Um, I know I keep spitting facts from your article. I don't even let you let you talk, but I'm just saying things that you've told me in written form mere minutes ago. Um, but, you know, there, there's a lot of positive to be taken from Boise State and what they did when they had 20 
um, cases just a month ago and they're back at it. So yeah, I guess more than I, I just want to learn more and I'll be really paying attention to the situation in the next couple of weeks. Cause that obviously is going to be key. Yeah. The, the tough part from the media perspective is a lot of this information is probably not going to, you know, come out to us. There's, yeah. you know, they, there's, there's a whole lot of stuff with like medical records and, you know, HIPAA and protecting people's rights and all that. So right. a lot of that is, is going to be kept private. You know, we don't, the reality is, is, we're we're trying to to do something that's basically never done been done before, mm-hmm. and that kind of it, it sucks for a lack of a better you know way to say it because you know we could sit here and speculate you know something somebody might have done the wrong thing the procedures might need to be fixed or you know quite honestly they they might have been doing everything that they could have done and it was just you know some bad luck. Yeah, and that's, if that's really the, the case, tough part. I'm going to be really concerned about you know, the viability of a college football season, at least this fall, you know, who knows in terms of, you know, maybe they can move it back to the spring or something like that. Right. But if, if they did everything right and you still got, you know, potentially 17 positive cases, how are you possibly going to get through a season with traveling and totally. playing other teams yep. and just being around other people in town on campus? Like, the cases in Larimer County in general in Colorado have kind of been up over the last month or so. So that's all concerning. It's just a, a lot in motion right now. And it's, it's so weird because I can't ever think of a time where we've been this close to a season and, and not even known, like, is it going to happen other than maybe the lockout years, I guess, with pro sports. Right. No, it's really crazy. I mean, you're you're right. This level of certainty leading up to the season is absolutely unprecedented. And the other thing is, from you know, not not to sound like a lunatic, which I guess in some ways I do. Um, in some ways, you know, and I, I just have a lot of trust in the institution and everything they're doing there. Um, I. I, I think this happening earlier could lead to a lot of good in um, catching this. But then you wonder, okay, it's happened with Boise State. Now you've got Colorado State going through that. How many Mountain West programs does this need to happen to before everyone can kind of figure it out and have the appropriate protocols? You know, um, I know that there's a lot of debate with, oh, European sports have been able to do it without a bubble. You know, in Europe, though, now the Spanish teams are starting to have some positive cases and that's becoming problematic as they're trying to open it up in August. A bunch of European competitions with teams from different countries within Europe are supposed to go on. And now, you know, the Spanish teams having, um, you know, more of a rise in cases um, is leading to some concern in that area too. And I know like in the Italian league where if they've been very good about containing it, it's been testing every four days has been the case. But there I say, it's also the environment and country they were in and how likely or at risk you are of getting it by just walking the streets or going to the store, or, you know, having contact with the bus driver or something, you know, like there are things we just don't know at a certain point too. Yeah. It's just, it's so imperfect. And that's what makes this whole thing so difficult to plan for. I'm curious, just, you know, now that you've had a, a few minutes at least to, to to digest this a little bit, you know, 
what does your gut say about college football? Like if you just had to be like, it's going to happen or it's not going to happen, you got to put, you know, 10 bucks on it. Well, how would you feel? Where would you go? Yeah. Boy, that's a really good, because I guess without having to think about it too, too much, because like you, I don't have to do a daily podcast about this kind of stuff. Um, So I know that, You've gone through this every which way. For <laughs> I'm kind of a novice about thinking this all through. I guess um, I, you're asking me, and the the analyst brain in me says, "Yeah, I, I find it hard to see how that's going to happen." Considering I just kind of get the feeling the trend is going towards a lot of campuses operating more online and digital learning, at least for this first semester. Um, and so I think, you know, while student athletes are different, it's going to be a little hard to circumvent that on an empty campus um, and just make that work on top of all the other issues um, that every sport league, especially those operating without a bubble, have to consider. So, yeah, I, I, I just fear there's a lot of obstacles. And I think they will probably try because I know there is a lot at stake economically for um, these athletic programs, especially to get football off and rolling. I mean, you know, that's a, that, that's the sad truth of this is that some, some of these programs are facing uh, the, the horrible dilemma of, you know, uh, losing so much monetarily to where we can't sustain an athletic program or going ahead and doing it and maybe not doing it in this in a way that we can truly be um feel safe about so uh yeah i'm glad i'm not an athletic director or a school president that's something i've said like six or seven times in the last two months but yeah god what a (laughs) what a stressful what a stressful position at least like I'll throw all these scenarios out and then whatever one they ultimately go with, I'm sure we'll all poke a million holes in and criticize and talk about, you know, they should have done this. They should have done this, but crap. What a, what a terrible position to be in right now. Yeah. There's really no answer. I mean, and maybe what we end up seeing is false sports are just across the board move to the spring. Which, and there's, plenty of complications you know with that in terms of nfl draft guys how does it overlap with other sports ton of hurdles how does it impact the recruiting calendar you know if somebody if you play in the spring and you get somebody that comes onto campus early can they play you know in a spring season and a fall season if there was a fall season after that is that one year of eligibility is that two all kinds of things to 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 go through but like you know like you said at the end of the day when there is this much money at stake i I'd be shocked if they didn't at least try pushing it back to the spring before, you know, being canceling it outright. Like why would, why would you at least not try that first? Totally. And I mean, I'm, you know, I'm all for innovative thinking, you know, uh, just being resourceful and figuring out a way, but it, obviously it gets harder the more teams are involved even with a conference only schedule that complicates things and football just you know look basketball i think could be done college basketball could that i think has a lot greater chances just because the numbers are it's just nothing. less people to manage it's nothing logistically yes. like yet you play indoors and so in that 
you know, in that sense, the airflow is not as good and maybe there's more risk in that sense. But assuming that you're monitoring everything and testing everything and, you know, your league standards are up to protocol, yeah. I, I do agree that it, it seems like it would be easier to make basketball work just from a sheer numbers standpoint. Totally. Totally. I think that could have some sex, success and you could also structure basketball differently. Football, man, there's no, there's no getting around every Saturday we got to play and we got to go to someone's stadium or practice field or whatever to play, but someone's got to travel somewhere and it's going to be a lot of dudes basketball. You can organize many temporary two, three week at a time bubbles. Um, I mean, we've all had summer camps. We've all had bas- you know, been to basketball camps or maybe played in like little tournaments in middle school or high school. And that's basically what you do. Like I slept at gyms a bunch of times and you wake up, you get your ass kicked from this team. And the next day you get your ass kicked from that team and everyone's happy. Um, I, I was obviously never as good as any of the Rammies or anyone <laughs> playing any division one basketball, nor were any of my teammates, sadly. Um, but you know, I, I think that that could be doable. You it's could do a quick tournament with Air Force, uh, you know, Wyoming, maybe throw in uh, Northern Colorado, something like that. We do a little four-way uh, tournament for, for a week and then boom, we're off. The DNVR Rams podcast is presented by Breckenridge Brewery. There's no better place to get bang for your buck or variety than Breckenridge Brewery. Check out the 15-can sampler, which is available just about anywhere where beer is sold. If you're looking to take any inconvenience out of the process, check out the Breck Beer Locator, which will tell you the closest liquor store, grocery store, whatever store that sells beer near you with delicious ice-cold Breck brews, the NBA's returning, the NHL is returning, the Rockies are back. There's no better time to crack open an ice-cold Breck brew than right now. Shout out to Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNVR. The DNVR Rams podcast is also brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. The final 22 teams have made their way down to Orlando and are ready to get back out on the court. While the ending to this year's basketball season will be different than years past, there will not be a shortage of excitement. There's no better place to get in on all of the action than with DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. To celebrate the return of basketball, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving all users a special odds boost for the first three days of the season. All you've got to do is bet $20 to win $100 on any team of your choosing. Take advantage of these slam-dunk offers. It's easy. All you have to do is sign up and navigate to the Promotions tab within the app. Don't stress if you weren't able to get in your bets before tip-offs, DraftKings has you covered with live betting on all games. If basketball isn't your game, don't worry. DraftKings offers great odds and promotions on all sports ranging from MMA to baseball, everything in between. DraftKings is is US-based, making it safe, secure, and reliable. Plus, it's just super easy to deposit and withdraw your funds whenever you want. Gotta love that. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app and use the code DNVR when you sign up. For a limited time, all users can get a special odds boost to bet $20 to win $100 on any team of your choosing. That code DNVR and boost your odds to bet $20 and win $100. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. 
Other terms and conditions and eligibility restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Let me throw this idea back and and I don't want to just completely abandon college basketball because I love talking about college basketball, but right. That's not the story. So this is yes. uh no, this is, but it's related. This is something that I've been talking about privately with some of my friends. I don't think I've suggested this on the podcast yet, but let's say there's a scenario where the mountain West decides that logistically it's going to be too hard to even play a league slate. Like we're, they, they decide we can't even play league only. Maybe all the major leagues decide that. We'll say the Pac-12 decides the same thing. What if there was a scenario in which Colorado, Colorado State, Air Force, Wyoming, and Northern Colorado, you take those five teams, all five teams which have already agreed to you know, match testing protocols and that type of stuff, and you just did some type of regional like round-robin type deal or just have everybody play a home-and-home with everybody. You got five teams. If everybody played a home-and-home, that's 10 games. You can, you know, watch the numbers locally. You don't have to travel. Everybody's a bus right away. You can travel the day of even. You don't even have to stay in hotels. That, to me, that might even be more intriguing than like a Mountain West-only schedule. That sounds so romantically beautiful. Um, could we add like a, the best, the two best D2 schools in the state? Like, a, why not? A CSU, Pueblo, Pueblo, and Monty. Yeah. Yeah, let's do it, man. Um, that sounds so beautiful, like early 1900s at its root college football. Like, I don't even want it televised. I, I want to like hear it on the radio and read about it. I'll, I'll print out your article from DNVR to read that while I sip my coffee the next morning. God, <laughs> that's how I want to consume that college football tournament you just described. Take me back to another era. Yeah, that, that sounds, that sounds kind of wonderful. And I mean, if you can work that out and uh, that's the solution here, I'm all for it. I mean, whatever it takes, man. I don't want to like college sports. Let's make it happen. I don't want to put like, I'm not saying that it's likely, but Joe Parker, he has a good relationship with Rick George, at least on the surface. Based on what he said in the press conference with us, something like a regional schedule wouldn't be off the table. And then, you know, on top of that, based on some of the things that I've heard, I have heard that, this idea has at least, you know, not just not necessarily those specific schools, but the concept of a regional type schedule. It, it's it's been talked about amongst the athletic directors locally. So I'm just saying, like, well, all things are chaotic easier. right now, but everything is still possible. Much easier. All of a sudden, you know, just just to follow one state's laws, one state's protocols. It, you know, facilities become a lot easier. That would be um, much more doable. I mean, and what about maybe that's some somehow how you salvage the college football season is a fall schedule that's more like that. And then spring, you go back to more of a co- um, conference-oriented schedule, you know? Yeah, you could do you could do something like that, or where like maybe even the fall, maybe a home and home for every th- team would be too much because that'd still basically be like 10 games, but even if everybody just played everybody once, like get five games in this fall, then you try and play your league games in the spring, assuming that 
you know, things are more under control at that point. I don't, I'd, I'd, I'd be super intrigued, but I'd, my preferred method is the 10 game where everybody plays everybody in everybody's stadium, just cause mm-hmm. you could really do like a true champion in that sense, like regionally, yeah. but I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm up for anything at this point. I just, I hope mm-hmm. we get some type of college sports assuming they can do it safely. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. But I mean, I'm look, and as far as CSU and the events of today, I'm encouraged by the transparency you're getting from the college. Um, this this nine-day gap from the 20th of 200-plus athletes getting tested, only three coming out positive, and now this with the football program happening nine days later. I'll, I'll be interested to find out what happened in these nine days um, and you know, see how they can learn from this. But I, I'm encouraged from the announcement and taking immediate action and isolating this, and I think they'll be able to learn a lot. And I'm encouraged by the transparency, at least the transparency and letting us know what's going on. Um, and, you know, just the, the proactiveness and the fact that, hey, better for this to happen in late July than late August. Yeah, I mean, if, if there is a silver lining in this whole situation, it's that if you are going to have an outbreak, it, it would obviously be better that it happens now than, you know, halfway through the week when you're preparing for a team. Yeah. I just, it's, it's, it's definitely discouraging. Like there's, there's, I don't want to try and act like I'm sugarcoating this or anything like that. I don't want to come on here and be like, you know, this is, this is it. They gotta, they gotta stop. It's not even worth trying because I just, I do think the most, most student athletes do want to play. Just that's the vibe I get based on what I see from tweets, what I, from the conversations I've had, all that type of stuff. But there, there's no denying that this just was, a real, a real punch to the gut tonight. Yeah, I mean, certainly not positive news. Um, and we should mention, of course, you know, our thoughts go to those athletes and hoping that they're able to to recover in full health. Obviously, no, like, ab- yeah, absolutely. You know, you want that. That always has to be the biggest priority through yeah. all of this. And you know, I guess really we're going to kind of see over these next couple of weeks if it's even you know possible, but. You know, the, the notion out there is kind of that if you're young and you're healthy, you know, it's it's probably not going to be that serious. And statistically speaking, that that seems to be somewhat true. You know, if you're younger yeah. and athletic, you probably have a better chance. But, you know, we, we've heard from people like Von Miller who talked about how scary it was and how, you know, he had trouble, difficulty breathing. And, you know, let's be real. Von Miller is a hell of a lot more athletic than any of us. So if somebody like him can get, get be shaken by this, it can impact anyone. And, you know, we just, we, we hope that they're okay. We hope that it's a situation where they're like asymptomatic and yep. they just happen to have come in contact with the wrong people, bad luck, they'll be okay. Yep. But you, you got to take this stuff seriously. And so, like you said, it, it's just good to see CSU taking the right steps, shutting it down early, mm-hmm. you know, monitoring it all. Obviously the next probably two weeks or so are going to be really, really key. That's about how long Boise state had to shut down for, I guess that'll be the biggest question mark moving forward. You know, how long is this shut down? And then, you know, what is the impact after it moving forward? Yeah. I've always felt with consistent testing, you know, the important thing is not flying blind. It's being able to identify and, um, you know, identify, isolate and make sure that there aren't, that there's no one on the periphery who's also, um, 
impacted. But if you do that smartly, I think you're able to kind of, you know, okay, we got to cut that corner. We'll see you back in two weeks, but we can kind of go on. At least that's what I envision as like a safe, healthy, learned environment where we're identifying. We don't need to fly blind or, you know, uh, be, be scared, but we're also, you know, being safe and taking care of everything when we're just aware of everything that's going on. But I know maybe that's a utopic thinking right now. You know, it's right now it's, it's, I feel like it's just kind of one of those situations. It's kind of a moving target. And I don't think either of us came on here with the intention of being like, you know, we have all the answers. This is what's going to happen. Or this is what CSU needs to take away from this, or this is what should have happened or anything like that. It's really just a, this happened. It's crazy. We got to at least talk about it. And, you know, like, like many of you, we're just kind of unwinding, you know, what we think about this as we go. Cause like SVP said on Twitter, who the hell knows? Totally. Yeah. I mean, we're taking it in like Joe Parker's taking it in. You know, it, that's the thing with, with all this information and all this stuff. It's a moving target. The, you know, the, the data from tomorrow will be more telling than anything we know today. So we just need to go off of what we know today and what we know is this. And yeah, it's... Um, it's not great. Yeah, it's not super. We're uh we're pretty much gonna wrap it up here. Pretty much, you know, covered everything that we know as of now. I am I did want to tease, you know, because you know, regardless of what happens over the next couple of weeks, I'm I'm still gonna be creating CSU content, still have plenty to talk about. I had an entire podcast planned for today with a bunch of information from Phil Steele, who's actually mm. super hyped on the Rams, um, at least comparatively, views them as one of the most improved teams in the entire country. Obviously that really stings with everything going on. Cause it's like, we want to watch this team in action, but you know, uh, position previews, whatever the schedule is, eventually we'll preview that historical stuff, working on the all time Rams piece. I talked to the hoops coaches lately. We're going to hopefully get some stuff on the Olympic sports. Like there's, there will be content no matter what going to have Andre on. We're going to preview some offensive schemes, talk about Joey Lynch, Steve Adazio, all of that stuff. I did briefly, though, because Andre, who is is one half of DNVR bets along with RK, mm. I just wanted to talk about something a little more lighthearted before we, before we close yes. out, and that is the Rockies' hot start. Now, I know not everyone's a baseball fan. CSU doesn't even have an official baseball team. Shame. Which sucks. Gotta change that. Are the Rockies legit, man? Am I buying in too early? Am I, am I just working for my next broken heart again? Uh... The road starts ask, encouraging. Ask me in uh, like five days because the beauty is this early schedule, which seemed to really be, well, great. The, the schedule makers go ahead and screw the Rockies. And that's still true. But having a day off two days ago, a day off tomorrow, allowed them to start Marquez again. So right after Sensatella. So never having to go to a fifth starter. Marcus throws another gem. Now you're going to ha- be able to go back to Gray Freeland. And then I believe they have another break. So the, they're going to be able to, to stay on a four-man rotation for a minute here. And given how well they're pitching, given how well those starters are looking, yeah, I think they could keep this up for a week. And a week in this baseball season's terms is as good as being hot for a month. 
And you give this team that has undeniable talent, went to the postseason two of the last three years, a little bit of added boost, a little more confidence. Yeah, I think they could be for real. But let's talk again in a week. But yes, I'm, I'm very cautiously optimistic. I will say, I don't necessarily love the whole, like, e- let's, let's try to equate things, you know, like a, you know, a three game win streak in yeah, this yeah. season is equivalent to a blank in 162. Cause it's like, well, right. not really. Cause the seasons are completely different, Right, but you, it, you know what it's actually like? It's like if last season they just ended it after 60 games, that's exactly. What like. Yeah. But the hot start, it's definitely encouraging, especially just given, you know, they won two road series all of last season. They're 2-0. They're 2-0 in the road series already. So, you know, yes, it's early. Rockies fans are well aware that hot starts don't necessarily mean you're going to be playing in October. Yeah. But the fact that they were able to compete against road teams, the fact that the pitching has been, particularly the bullpen, has been just solid. I mean, some of these stories too, that makes it even more fun, you know, bar yeah. what a, what a cool story, but man, I just, at least we have baseball to be excited about right now. You know, college football, I'm, I'm nervous about it. It's will always be my love. You know, we were on the DNVR oh, yeah. sports podcast and AJ threw some shade at college football. I still haven't forgiven him for it. No way. But at least we have baseball right now. At least we have the Rockies. Yeah, and another big test for uh, the the non bubble environment, you know. So it's true. <laughs> fingers Very crossed. True. But yeah, isn't it the most twenty twenty thing of all for the Rockies behind a, a dominant pitching uh, staff to be, you know, the the hot team in the MLB? And nothing is more twenty twenty than that, frankly. <sighs> twenty twenty, man. Yeah. What, what more can you even say? It's a wacky year, all right. Yeah. Oof. Andre, man, thanks for hopping on, you know, last minute. I know it's it's not always easy. Andre's a dad. He's got like real life responsibilities, mm. unlike myself. You know, when I'm I, I I was planning on playing in the DNVR Madden League tonight, important oh. divisional game. You know, that stuff matters to me. But Andre <laughs> Andre put a put a, his other life on hold for a second to hop okay. on and talk football with me. And I greatly appreciate that. Okay. Anytime, my brother. And uh, yeah, keep up the good fight. All right. We will be back tomorrow with more content. Actually, going to be doing more stuff with Andre. So it should be a blast. So it should be a little bit more upbeat, a little bit more analytical. You know, if you're just, you want to think about football, you don't want to think about COVID, that's what that podcast is going to be like. Obviously, I'll mention this a little bit for those that may have missed this podcast. But, you know, we're not, we're not going to necessarily dwell on this every single day of the shutdown. Because, you know, we get it. All, all we can do right now is see how it goes. And really, that's that's all we can do. You know, keep on keeping on. You're here. You're here. Cheers, buddy. Love.